You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. The whole incident caused an entire household to become believers. Which brings us to one last thought. Sometimes our suffering isn't about us. I'm going to say it again. Sometimes our suffering isn't about us. Suffering might just be the place God needs us to shine so that others can be drawn to Him. No one likes to go through suffering. In his final words to his disciples, Jesus reminded them that they would go through tribulations in his name. However, Pastor Dion offers a new way of thinking of when you travel through a season of suffering. What if what you're going through today is for the testimony of another person? Could those around you need to see how you praise in the midst of a storm? As it says in the scripture, the Holy Spirit is always working in the midst. So are you ready to be used for his glory? Well, let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Acts, chapter 16, as he continues his message, Praise You in the Storm. Now, these guys, they pull Paul and Silas to the magistrates, to the lictors. A hearing or a trial is bypassed. The fact that Paul and Silas were Jews with an agenda was enough for them. And so the local audience turned into a hostile mob, we read. They were bloodthirsty. These guys are doing this. They deserve a punishment. They deserve to get their licks. Now, during this time of our story, the sentencing was always up to the crowd. Kind of like you watch in the Roman Colosseum where their gladiators are fighting and there's the thumbs up and the thumbs down. The crowd would determine when the lawbreaker had enough or they would just keep cheering on. So it's up to the crowd that's now bloodthirsty to determine how many licks, how hard and how many Paul and Silas are going to get. Well, Paul and Silas were, it says, beaten bloody. Their backs were flayed. And then they were handed over to the warden of the prison to be placed in maximum security. Let's read the passage. Verse 23. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. Everybody say, wow. So, they're getting sentenced, beaten. Paul and Silas are thrown into a maximum security prison. They're marched down into what it says, the inner prison. It's a word in in the Greek called telerium. It means the dungeon or the sewage canal of the prison. And there they were chained to the wall 
and placed spread eagle in stocks. It's an extended torture. Let me explain it to you. They were stocks that your feet, your ankles would go into. But the point was that they would spread your legs as you'd sit down. They would spread your legs as far apart as they could possibly go. And then they're at an angle so that, you know, when you get a cramp, you can pull your foot back, you know, to try to help relieve the tension of that pulled muscle, that tension. Well, it was at such an angle they couldn't do that. It is to cause excruciating pain and torture. So their backs are flayed. They're taken and put in the dungeon of the prison, basically the sewage canal. They're put in these stocks. Now, we would expect Paul and Silas to curse, to complain, to stew and to seethe, to be agitated and angry. That's what we would expect. Kind of like Bruce Willis in Die Hard. You know, he's beaten and bloody and barefooted and cramped and the air duct. He flicks on his lighter and, and mimics in a cynical tone. Come out to the coast, get together, have a few laughs, they told me. Right? I can see Paul and Silas complaining to the Lord. Come over to Macedonia and help us, you said. Right? That's the only reason they're there. You know, that's what you said. Come over to Macedonia and help us, you said. We'll win a few souls. Impact a continent. <sighs> Everybody do it. <sighs> Have you ever done that? You ever been sarcastic, cynical to something, a situation you're in, and you feel God should have done something? Why are you there? We expect Paul and Silas to be disappointed, to be angry, to be frustrated, to be doubtful. We expect their prayers to be oozing with resentment. Why is this happening? How could you allow this? Where are you? Don't you care? We expect Paul and Silas to raise the roof with protest. This isn't fair. It doesn't make sense. But instead, they raise the roof with praise. Everybody say the word. They raise the roof with what? Praise. Read the passage. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. You know what? Let's read it out loud together just so we can let it soak or sink in. Out loud together. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. We would expect them to be seething in resentment and in anger and hostility and, you know, just upset with God, with everybody. But they're raising the roof with praise. In that dark, damp, foul place, busted, bleeding, and bruised, Paul and Silas focused on the goodness of God and not the conditions of their circumstances. I want to say it again. Paul and Silas focused on the goodness of God and not the conditions of their circumstances. Kind of like the lyrics in the Casting Crown song, Paul and Silas sang, 
I will praise you in the storm and I will lift my hands because you are who you are no matter where I am. Paul and Silas were telling the Lord, in my darkest dungeon, in my deepest pain, they're telling the Lord, in my darkest dungeon, in my deepest pain, you are still almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing. In my darkest dungeon and in my darkest pain, you are still immutable, irresistible, invincible, immovable. Your love is unconditional. Your grace is immeasurable. Your forgiveness is inexhaustible. And your deliverance is unstoppable. I don't think that's what they were saying. You are God no matter where I am. And I will praise you. Later, Paul urged all of us to make this a thing. Everybody say a thing. Alright? You ever made something a thing? It's not something we do now. It's a thing. Look at your neighbor and say it's a thing. So Paul says, hey, listen, what we did there, in fact, he wrote it to the Philippians. He said, I want all of you guys to make it a thing. Here's what he said. These were the words that he said. Read it out loud. Rejoice. In the Lord always. Here it is. Everybody say the word rejoice. In what? In the Lord. Not my circumstances, not my situation, but rejoice in the Lord when? No matter. That's what he said. Don't sulk in the circumstances. Rejoice in the Redeemer. That's what he's saying. Now, as Paul and Silas rejoiced in their Redeemer, the passage says that the prisoners listened. They did what now? The word listened in the Greek, it gives this connotation. They listened intently. They listened observantly. It's like when you lean in to catch it all. When you lean in to hear it. So, the prisoners listened. Guys, The world watches how we deal with our problems and pains. The world watches how we Christians deal with our problems and pains. So don't give them a reason to bash. Give them a reason to believe. David said it like this in Psalm 34 verse 1. I will praise the Lord no matter what happens. I will constantly speak of His glories and grace. I will boast of all His kindness to me. Let all who are discouraged out there that are watching and listening, let all who are discouraged take heart. Let us praise the Lord together and exalt His name. I love it. And then in verse 15, David emphasizes God's promise to those who do this. In verse 15, he says, For the eyes of the Lord are intently watching all who live good lives, and He gives attention when they cry to Him. Yes, the Lord hears the good man when He calls to Him for help and saves Him out of all His troubles. Wow. That's exactly what happened in our story. Let's read verse 26. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. 
Isn't that cool? And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called out with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs! What must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house, and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes, and immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them, and he rejoiced having believed in God with all his household. What a testimony. So Paul and Silas aren't, you know, sulking in their circumstances, but they're, what they're doing is they're, you know, they're raising the roof, they're praising their Redeemer. And it says that all of a sudden, there was an unusual earthquake. Unusual. See, earthquakes usually bring down walls. Buildings are demolished. Lives are lost in an earthquake. But this earthquake broke shackles sprung stocks, unhinged doors, released prisoners. And yet, none of the prisoners cut and run. None of them fled the scene. Look at your neighbor and say, now that's unusual. Look at your neighbor and say, now that's unusual. See, every prisoner knew that this was a divine, supernatural incident. Every prisoner knew that Paul and Silas's God was behind the event. The intrigue and the curiosity captivated them. Wow. I'm hoping that God's miraculous work in and around us will also capture some attention of those who are around us. Oh, that our answered prayers and our unexplained healings and our undeserved favor and our surprising blessings would cause people to cry out, what must I do to be saved? I want what you got. When the prison warden heard and saw that all the prisoners were free but still there, he too was convinced The prisoners were convinced because they heard Paul and Silas singing and praying and talking about their amazing God and worshiping. They realized that what took place was not usual. It wasn't just an earthquake. This was something supernatural, divine. They wanted to know more. And now the warden, he steps out and he says he's going to kill himself. And Paul says, don't do it. You're not going to have to take the brunt for many lost guys here. We're all here. When he hears that, it's like unbelievable. He also recognizes that this is a divine move of God. So he recognizes that Paul and Silas's message of salvation was legit. The reason they were brought in here, it's true. So the jailer begged them to show him the way of salvation. Isn't that cool? 
Every religion has a list of requirements for salvation. Baptism, sacraments, works, devotion, purification. But the only thing God really requires is that we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Say it out loud. What? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The short definition of believe is to trust. That's what's required in salvation is to believe, is to trust. That's the short definition. The full definition for believe is a change of mind and heart. It's an about face from the way that you are going to Jesus' way. You guys got that? Everybody say about face. That's belief is number one. Short version, trusting in the Lord. Long version, it is to change my direction. Turn away from where I am and turn to the Lord and embrace Him. You guys got that? An about face. In fact, Peter used the long definition of belief in his message on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Here's what it says. Read it out loud with me. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that the times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Repent and turn to God is that long definition. To believe. Well, the warden and his family displayed belief in Jesus. Would you like to know what, dis- what belief looks like? We're out of time. Should we? Here we go. The warden and his family displayed belief in Jesus. They did an about face from their old life. We read it. One, they adopted Jesus. Baptism is a sign of being identified with Christ. See, baptism has nothing to do with salvation. It is just telling the world and everyone else that we are now associated, identified with the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ the Savior, right? We go down dying in, in, in a death, but then being raised up just like Jesus was, living a resurrected life. So that's one of the things that they did. Not only did they adopt Jesus, but here's the next thing that you can say that they displayed this belief. They acted with compassion. Say it out loud, what? They acted with compassion. The warden and his family turned around from their hate and prejudice and took Paul and Silas home and cared for them. Paul and Silas were Jews. Jews they hated. Jews that they had a prejudice against. Jews altogether. But now, they take the Jews home with them and they help them with their lacerations on their back and they feed them and and give them nourishment. They cared for them. Guys, brotherly love is the proof that we are truly saved. I'm going to say it again. Brotherly love is the proof that we are truly saved. 1 John chapter 3, verse 14. Read it with me. If we love our Christian brothers and sisters, it proves that we have passed from death to life. 
You like it? Somebody's weighing you right now. Here's the next one. And Jesus said this in John 13, 35. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So look at your neighbor and say, about face. Look at him and tell him, about face, brother. About face, sister. So, this whole incident of Paul and Silas suffering caused an entire household to become believers. Paul and Silas suffering. The whole incident caused an entire household to become believers. Which brings us to one last thought. Sometimes our suffering isn't about us. I'm going to say it again. Sometimes our suffering isn't about us. Suffering might just be the place God needs us to shine so that others can be drawn to Him. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. Let's read it out loud together. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Let's pause right there. Let's talk about your suffering, about your circumstances, about your situation, about your problems. Do everything without complaining. The word arguing is the same word translated grumbling. You know, that's when you argue to yourself. You ever done that? Huh? Complaining is, this isn't right. This is wrong. Where are you? Where were you? What are you doing? Why are you allowing that? That's complaining. Look at my plight. Look at my situation. Don't you see it? Don't you care? That's complaining. Grumbling is... He says, do it all. All your suffering, all your circumstances, all your situations, everything. Do life, your marriage, your raising your kids, all of it. Do it without complaining or grumbling so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Wow. Listen, if you're here and you haven't given your heart and life to Christ, I'm talking about belief. Not just the trusting, but the turning. He's been drawing you. God has been pulling on your heartstrings to be before Him. For this one opportunity to trust in Him with your life. To turn around from the old lifestyle and say, I want you. Let's pray out loud together. Father, I know I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. I've run from you. I've ignored you. I've even fought you. But today, today I surrender. I repent for my sin. I turn around. And I embrace you. I believe in you. Change my life. In Jesus' name, amen. We're so glad you tuned in to today's edition of The Simple Truth. We pray that Pastor Dion's teaching in the book of Acts has given you new insight into the early church and brought you closer to Jesus. 
If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of The Simple Truth or hear additional messages, visit tmcalvary.com. You'll find them under the Sermons tab. You can even experience the video version of these teachings at our YouTube channel. Just follow the link and don't forget to subscribe. When you do, you'll be notified as soon as we've uploaded new messages that we know will share Jesus' love and truth for your life. Find a link to our YouTube channel at our website. Once again, that's tmcalvary.com. Before we end our time with you today, we'd like to offer you the opportunity to be involved in what we're doing here at The Simple Truth. We'd love for you to join us in praying for the people who will be listening to these broadcasts, who might even be hearing about Jesus for the first time. Would you pray that the Holy Spirit would open ears and soften hearts, and that lives would forever be changed? Would you also pray for Pastor Dion and the team here at The Simple Truth? Pray that we always keep our eyes on the Lord, and that we're courageous to follow wherever He leads. Would you also pray about financially supporting this ministry? Any and all amounts given are useful and greatly appreciated. You can find out more about how to give at tmcalvary.com. Just click on the Donate tab. Thanks again for praying, and thanks for joining us today, here on The Simple Truth. You're the one that we proclaim. We'll be fools for you as you work in us. May your power show in the deeds we sow. Let us join our hands, and together we stand. Together.